0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome
1: network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Um, Okay, let's get to questions, comments. Um, Fuzzy says, oh, there's frustration. I'm just going to let it slide. We totally (laughs) get it. (laughs) Melissa Lauren, uh, Spittle. Why did so many fans want us to play the Kraken when the Avs had half of their farm team playing? So I say to you, Shapiro, (laughs) we both wanted the Kraken. I I just don't want to face a Stanley Cup team. Granted, they were banged up, but I just I, I thought matchup wise, looking at the regular season, I just thought the matchup was better against Seattle. I didn't like that speed going up against Dallas. So that's why I went with uh, the Kraken and I mean, kudos to them. Well, so
2: yeah, we, if the stars lose game seven to the Kraken on Monday night, we were wrong. You you shouldn't have wanted Seattle now the, but you still get game seven at home on Monday night. If you're playing Colorado, that's not the case. You're not getting game seven at home. Um, Colorado, we didn't know. I mean, we knew there were injuries and everything like that, but we also didn't know that Valdeciuskin probably wouldn't have been back at all. We didn't know that this was going to be the case. I mean, so I don't have any issue with wanting to play the team that didn't have the star power. I didn't have any issue with that. I mean, I think really the end of the day is we all need to give Seattle some more credit for everything. And I think that's fine. I think we've, we've done a good job of doing That on this podcast and in general, but either way, it's (laughs) you would have had a tough series either way, and maybe you made the wrong choice. But I didn't want to pick Colorado, I didn't want to pick Kel McCarr, I didn't want to pick that. I was, and you you go and win game seven tomorrow night or sorry, Monday night. Now I'm so used to us doing this like after, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, you, you go win this, you go win it Monday night, and you'll have made the right
1: choice. You had home ice in game seven. So go take care of a business that way. Austin Ashby says a bit of both frustrations and questions since it looked like the team, one team uh, didn't want to go home and the other was saying, come on, just go away already. And they didn't. I have faith in the home cooking in game seven though. All right. Good to hear from you, Austin. Thank you so much for your support of spits and suds. Vince Moncier, since it's hockey, we will say it's Moncier. Why do we continue to play Hakenpah? He continues to cost us. Same for Lindell, but he has potential to turn it around with another linemate. We need to play Nils Lundquist. There's a forgotten name. Uh, I personally feel as though you got to go with the experience and Colin Miller when it comes to a game seven. Uh, So uh, I think, Sean, you agree on that. Yeah, I mean, when it was the... Nils Lundqvist last played a hockey game. I think it was late March.
2: Yeah, like, it's been... Let's see. Let's get the exact one. I mean, he last played a game March 25th. Like, is it really... (laughs) If if, if he was to be dressed for this game and and to play in Game 7, we know it would be basically them playing just five defensemen anyway because they're not going (laughs) to... Like, he hasn't played a game... Like, I honestly... This is just it, it's it's kind of kind of sucks because they spent the they spent the first round capital on it and it makes it feel difficult. But like Gavin, I'd feel more confident calling up someone from the Texas Stars than Nils Lundqvist right now. And yeah. that's nothing against Nils's game. It's just I don't trust any player to go from having not played for eight weeks to having to save my season in game seven. No matter who they are, like I yeah. would, so yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would look down to the Texas Stars before recalling Nils playing Nils Lundquist. so
1: I mean, I don't know if this is a good example, Sean, but this is like not driving for a while and then someone puts you on the Audubon and says, "Go."
2: Yes, exactly. I, no, I mean, it's a great
1: way to look at it. Yeah, the playoffs are so yeah. ramped up compared to the regular season. Yeah, uh, Tim Ciesco, good to hear from you, Tim. Tim is the media relations director to uh, for Arlington uh, PD. So shout out to uh, Tim and shout out to all our first responders. Uh, Is Lindell becoming a liability? I think liability is strong. I feel uh, I'm on that case with you and we talked about it, Tim, but uh, I do think that, yeah, he certainly struggled and has not had the best of series. Um, But we, we both feel as though if it's lit, you know, you got to take out one, you have to take out Hock and Pop.
2: Yeah. And I think
1: it's, it's something
2: where Lindell, like to kind of follow up on our commentary earlier on him where he's someone who I don't think he can just carry any partner anymore. And I I think that's, that's the, that's the space where he needs to be with someone who can skate more. He can't be with, he can't be with, so he's declined, but I think he's still salvageable in the right setting. I just think playing with Yanni Hockenba is not the right setting. And I think even Colin Miller coming in, Colin Miller at least can skate well. I think that's at least a better, better fit. So, Um, But liability is a bit of a strong word. He was definitely a liability in tonight's game. But I think in general, it's a strong, it's it's a bit of a strong
1: terminology. We are answering your Twitter questions and taking in your feedback after uh, game seven, six, sorry. Nope, don't get ahead of myself. A game six defeat. Game seven on Monday night. Uh, Matthew Martin asks, guys, over half the time I see Hockenpah and Lindell on the ice for goals against. Why? Now, I'll say this, and this is what I love about this podcast, and this is what gets me excited. Is the number of tweets coming in for Lindell and Hockenpah? means that the stars fan base is well-educated like you know you know what i'm saying sean it's like i i I love the fact and trust me i hate that it happens but i love the fact that stars fans can key on those too because if you watch the broadcast they really didn't talk about that too much
2: no they didn't i mean that's that's a really good point now um yeah it's the Broadcast, and that's that's another side note, <laughs> too. Where the that's broad, a can of worms, right? The, the, the broadcast felt very uh, I don't know. The broadcast tonight, um, felt very Seattle ish, very Seattle esque, yeah. Um, so but it's but yes, kudos to the stars fans because uh, sometimes when something's right in front of your face, uh, it's you need to it's you don't need a broadcaster to tell it to you and we've got a pretty we got a pretty uh smart listener base here so kudos to you to
1: everyone out there yeah absolutely uh moose uh at moose in dallas it might be just me but i thought Esselindell uh looked like he didn't make the trip to seattle uh what do he and hawk have to do different yeah. to keep up with that fast play seattle's going to bring in game seven well we both feel moose that One of them will be in the lineup, out of the lineup. It'll likely be Hockenpah, and and, uh, we think Colin Miller can add to that uh, speed on that uh, Seattle blue line. Sorry, that Stars uh, blue line. Taylor Gross. Uh, Okay. Otter has been S all series. I'm more mad about his performances than anything. He needs to step up and make those big saves and be that top-of-the-league goalie. It's an interesting question. I don't think he's been S. Um on the eve of Mother's Day I'm just not going to swear cuz my mom's <laughs> listening. I hope you guys understand. I, swearing is allowed but my mom yeah. does listen to this podcast. So, um <laughs> uh I he could be better. I think yeah. that's the best way to to say it, right Sean?
2: Yeah, he definitely did. he he needed to be better. He needed to be better tonight. Um it's it's been kind of a weird series too, from a goaltending perspective, because it's been such, there's been, it's kind of been open, a little bit more open play with, so I don't think his, his numbers for this series are completely on him, but I do think there are cases like we talked about earlier in the show where like that, that Cartier goal can't go in the, the team needs a save earlier in the game. Like, all these things where you want to be treated like a true bona fide number one. And I still believe he is. You got to act like it
1: too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And Greg Schnose at G S C H N O S. Uh, What has happened to the goaltending? This is beyond unacceptable. This isn't exactly an all-star team with multiple 50 goal guys on it in Seattle. I want to answer the second part of that, Greg, because we just talked about the net minding. Uh, I don't disagree with you. However, playoff runs, they happen in the NHL. I mean, heck, we're seeing it in the NBA with the Miami Heat too. So they do happen. And teams that might struggle uh, in the regular season with some of the analytics – thrive in the playoffs and two teams, Florida and Seattle are just on these wonderful runs. And uh, there's some great players being featured for both squads. So, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not an all-star team, but in a big, but they did stick around all year long in a tough Pacific division. And I will say, Sean, they're just relentless and they never let up. And while they don't have the same talent as the stars, there, to me, is something about that that I really admire.
2: Yeah, I have two thoughts on this. One's kind of a, a joke because it is kind of funny because um, Maddie Beneers was supposed to go to the All-Star game but got hurt, and then because of how things were going, Seattle actually didn't get anyone in the All-Star game, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. So it is, actually is truly a team with zero All-Stars. It's it's, it's the Great only... <laughs> but. On a serious note, and that I mean that was a serious, but an actual serious note. I do think this Seattle team, um, it was intentionally built playoff style hockey. I, I I do think that there was a, I think they looked a lot at the Hurricanes. They looked over to Carolina. They looked what the success Carolina's had. They looked at some things, and I don't think the goal in Seattle was ever to be a team that won and obviously you want to win every game, but I don't think the goal in Seattle was ever to be regular Steve's is Pacific division champions. I think the goal was let's be a tough playoff team. Let's be a tough playoff out. And I think that's how they were built from the, from the top, from the top down. And um, not everyone builds their NHL team that way. I know some people get ticked off when have been ticked off at of Jim Nill's decisions in the past, but Jim, to give Jim Nill credit, Jim has always had that ethos of we want to be a tough playoff out. We want to build that way. Jim doesn't care about the Presidents Trophy. That's not something the Dallas Stars care about. Um, that's not something Seattle cares about. So I do think it's it's to call Seattle. Obviously, they're not a team of All Stars, but they are a team that was more purpose built for the postseason and. I think we need to acknowledge that just it's it, as a whole. Like, I think that's something that needs to be acknowledged. So uh,
1: Aaron Trebbing at a Treb 08, where was the intensity just showed spurts. How many times is this team going to get out skated and out hustled? We talked about that off the top. Um, it's been happening for five, six years. Sean yeah. points out. Yeah, it's, so I, I, just, I, I mean, don't know what to uh, say here. I, I, really I, I don't.
2: I, I have nothing else to say about the <laughs> starts. I have nothing else to say uh, about the uh, starts. Nothing else. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> all right. By the way, so the next uh, tweet, and thanks so much to my teammate, Brian Broadus, um, our afternoon host on one Oh five, three, the fan. So just a quick side note, Sean and kudos to Brian and Bobby bell on one Oh five, three, the fan. So, they just surpassed a million downloads for their Love of the Stars uh, podcast, and so I was thinking that you and I should change this to Love of the Stars, and we steal <laughs> some of that audience. <laughs> but,
2: some 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 mistaken downloads, some yes, searches absolutely. in the app. Absolutely,
1: and... <laughs> yeah. We all yes. learn about search <laughs> engine optimization, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah. Brian asked, "Was the staff too quick on the otter poll? and my opinion, uh, yes, he could have uh, saved uh, that goal, but I do think it was too... I-, I would have liked to see an Otter have the chance to kind of recompose himself. That said, I don't know what other choice DeBoer had to try to get those legs going as well as the energy on this team.
0: Passion, drive, and patience.
2: Yeah, it's because it's the goalie, the the goalie pull is in many cases. Um, it can sometimes it can be, and sometimes it's for performance reasons. But sometimes it can be the basketball equivalent of the coach getting a tech, right? Mm-hmm. That that that's sometimes what it can be, where it's like um, the coach in hockey. I mean. I guess as a coach, you could try and get a penalty and get tossed or whatever you could, but it's it's not like you have the, the the basketball setup where you can really, literally, like basketball coaches can walk right under the ref. They have that they're on the same surface. It's not coaches aren't wearing skates, yeah. So 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 sometimes the goalie pull can be the basketball equivalent of a coach getting a fires team up, and I think sometimes, um I think this may have been one of those where it's, what else are you going to do? Let's get, get the team going this way. I I mean, it's, there's different philosophies on different teams. Um, I thought uh, uh, there was a really interesting take during the first round. If you watched any of the games on Sportsnet, uh, Red Wings coach, Derek Lalonde was on, was, uh, was doing, that was doing some panel work and he, his philosophy on it was he would not pull his goalie in situations like that because he felt like it let the team off the hook because he felt like he felt like his philosophy was you pull the goalie. It lets the team off the hook and it gives them a scapegoat as opposed to looking in the mirror themselves. Other coaches will be like, okay, you let your goalie down and we're going to make a change. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, kind of mental motivator factor to figure out. Yeah. I mean, I think it really comes down to what type of team you have. And um it's uh I probably I would have I would have probably told if I was the stars and I'm in that spot, I probably after the the four one goal by Cartier, probably tell Scott Wedgwood to get ready, just like start stretching. But I'm probably not putting him in yet. I'm probably just like be ready if we have to go to you. But I'm probably given a little bit of time for both the team and the goalie to to revamp themselves and, and, and dig out of it as a veteran team and everything like that. Obviously that didn't happen even with the goalie change. So but it's I, I do think there is a there is a it is a fair question of the timing on that and the quick hook and yeah. everything and I can see both sides, but I also probably would have. I probably would have waited a little bit myself.
1: I've never seen it, Sean, but I've always wondered this in the playoffs. So you have a top tier goalie like Ottinger, you pull him to gain some momentum. What if the Stars came back and they went into overtime? Do you think coaches ever think about putting their number one goaltender back in?
2: I have. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's... They they should, honestly. It should be... It's a space where I think coaches should think of that. And I can have... I actually have a good story that actually semi-relates to this. I was... Um, in my youth hockey career, um, I think I would have been like... A, I think this is a high... It was in high school. When I was in high school. Um, I had a game where my coach really did not like how I handled the puck early in the game. And he, he thought I was very erratic in my puck handling and he actually pulled me and it was like in like the second period, he pulled me, talked to me. And then at the next whistle, put me back in the game. Like it's, it's, it's not against the rules. You're allowed to, you're allowed to do it. It's, it's just like, it's not like it's a baseball pitcher where you pull the guy and then he's done for the game. Yeah. Like you can do it. Like it's, it's very, it's something that coaches probably should do. I mean, and honestly, like maybe that would have been the spot, like, like, honestly, the, the goal, the 4 1 goal. Where's, and I know it would be, people would, it, it's outside the box, so it would scare people, but maybe play is the 4 1 goal happens. You pull Ottinger, talks to the goalie coach for a couple minutes. Next, next, next whistle he goes back out there that doesn't change. It doesn't hurt anything. Like, I mean, right. So,
1: yeah, it's It's interesting. I just thought of it on the fly. All right. Ashley Norma. Oh three asks as a newbie hockey fan. I love listening to you all to get the inside scoop. Will they change up the lineup for game seven? Well, first of all, I'm blushing Ashley. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, you know what? You know what, I, I I'll just say this, and it's a Saturday night, and Sean can sleep in tomorrow. Uh, although it's Mother's Day, yeah. so you really can't, can you? Yeah, you yeah. have to make breakfast or something. I bet.
2: We will. Uh, we will we'll put together a nice, uh, nice. nice spread for spread, nice spread for my wife and okay. the kids. Uh, we got uh, we got some we got some uh, we got some art projects done
1: earlier this week. That they'll it, come in. So nice, yeah. nice, nice. So. I will say this, Ashley. Thank you so much. This is like, these are my motivations for doing podcasts like this because I love that you're embracing the game and that we can help you. And, stars fans, if someone's new to the game, I just ask embrace. Do not say, Where have you been? Teach them the great game of hockey because together we can expand this in DFW. So, as far as uh, change up the lineup for game seven, yes, Ashley, we've talked about Hock and Paw in four. Uh, sorry, Hockenpah out, Colin Miller in would be one lineup change. I, I'm sure some people will mention it on Twitter, but you got to go with Ottinger um, in game seven. I know that's crazy, Sean, but people will mention <laughs> it on Twitter. You know they will. Yeah, they, they will. Yeah. Here's one. Um, I don't know who you'd move down, but I will say I did appreciate and like Ty DeLandre's energy and tenacity tonight. And, you know, that fourth line's been good with him on it, but I don't know. Maybe that's something they could j- uh, juggle the lineup with.
2: I do wonder, and I'm not saying it's the right decision, but I, I do wonder um, just because of who he is as a veteran and how well liked he is. And uh, even with Kiviranta Ronta scoring, even with Kivy Ronta scoring tonight, I mean, I do wonder. If they will, if they'll find a way to get Glenn Denning back into the lineup, just from a perspective of they really love Glenn Denning's work on, on the faceoffs and everything tonight. And tonight was actually not the, I mean, the typical typical series has been pretty dominant on faceoffs for Dallas tonight. Delandry, I mean, uh, Foxa was just okay on faceoffs. Um, yet some other, I mean, I do wonder if, I'm not saying it's the right call, but I'm just, if I'm trying to forecast something, I wouldn't be surprised if morning skate happens two days from now and we see Luke
1: Lendening back in the lineup. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, e huddle at e huddle asked Liddell, Hawk and pop herring. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm just reading yeah, this. Yeah. They yeah, come yeah, yeah. 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 We, yeah. We've, we've talked about it over and over again. Aaron Thacker, Thackman 05 Oh five. Just been trying to understand what is going on with Ottinger. Seems like consistency has been an issue. Well, I think that's a valid point. You know, he has not been his best. Um, we hopefully we'll see that Jake Ottinger after a loss, like mm-hmm. we saw the other night. Uh, and thank you so much, Aaron, uh, for all your support. Uh, the Fink Man, Laces Out Finkel, Jeffrey Fink, asks, what in your eyes has and Bob provided? When we signed him, he was third in the league in hits. Is he just soft now, or did the Stars system change his style of play? Either way, he's become a complete liability over the last series, and I'd much rather see Nils at this point. That's a really interesting point by Fink because – he was third in hits when the stars signed him.
2: Well it's I mean there's a couple things, right there's if you wanna like we can I don't think he's soft that's no. I, I don't think that's changed now, um he played for um, I, I think I think it's important to look at the teams he played for too. Um, the year before he signed with Dallas. He played with Anaheim and Carolina, two teams that are more physical, not more physical, but hit more by design. We talk, You and I have talked many times on this podcast about how the Hurricanes run people through walls and everything like that. And that's, that's kind of who they are. And Anaheim, even when they've struggled, have always been a team that's been a little bit more physical and everything like that. So I think part of that is the system changes the where a guy where a guy plays and his system changes. And so I think it's been that that's part of it. Um, I also think his game um, has kind of refined a little bit to the. Not the... So, so Yanni Hakimpa is an interesting case. Let's let's, I'm, g- I'm going to go on a bit of a weird tangent here, everyone. So, I, so buckle up. So, he's I know he's 31 okay but he's only this is only his um fourth season in the NHL remember he was someone who he was after he was drafted by the Blues in 2010 spent some time in the AHL and then went back to Finland for five years and played in Finland and um in Finland, he was physical and everything like that. But he was kind of the the way like Kiviranta was signed by Dallas. He signed with Anaheim as like a as a uh, as a free agent and 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 played a year with the um, split some time between the NHL and AHL. But he came over and he tried to. He had those first two years with Anaheim in the the trade to Carolina, he overly, I think, emphasized to prove he could play a North American game. There was more and more of a, I'm going to be smaller, ice. I'm going to hit more. And I think since he came to Dallas, we've seen a little bit more of the auto correction to what he did in Europe, where Europe is a, they still hit in Europe, but it's a less physical game because the ice is bigger. It's more of a puck possession, wait-and-see type game. And um, I think there's a bit of a natural tendency when a guy comes over from Europe to North America, sometimes they overcorrect to, I'm going to hit a ton because it's my first time over here. Or I'm trying to prove that I should stick over here after kind of a first failed foray in North America that he had had four or five seasons prior. So I think that comes into play with Hockenpott too, where he is someone who, with his history as a guy who started in North America, well, started in Europe, obviously he's from Finland, but went from Finland, his first foray in North America didn't work, spent some time in Finland, kind of overcorrects, and then uh, add into that, going into a system that is less reliant on driving people through the wall. I think that kind of all plays into it, where he's not quote-unquote softer, He's just more auto-correcting to what Yanni Hakenpah has always been, and and on top of that is uh, is is kind of is playing more of the game he's deep down asked to play by Dallas, where size is important, but it's more of a de- 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 the stars like you and I have talked about this, Gavin, before. The stars have size, but it's more of a deterrent from a visual standpoint than a. I'm going to beat you up each night.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Gavin spittle, um, wanting them to be more physical. just has never happened. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, at smither Jones, Lindell and Hock upon ice for yeah. all the cracking goals. <laughs> yeah. Time to move uh Donna or Johnston to the first line to replace uh, Robertson. I
2: so... actually disagree with that on Robertson yeah. tonight. Cause like I thought tonight was as much as, um, as much as there's I've wanted to see more out of Robertson. I mean, first third period tonight, right? Like that line comes out and the puck is an inch to the left yeah. on two situations, a four four game. And we're talking about, you know what, maybe we're having a podcast right now where we're talking about a Scott Wedgewood relief victory. Right. Right? Like so like I I, I think Robertson There's lots of time to talk about what's happened with and without Robertson. I just don't think tonight is the night to pick on 21.
1: Yeah. And I I think, you know, he did have that point blank uh, chance in front. However, that was a bouncing puck and even Mm -hmm. the best. Um, on bouncing pucks, sometimes cannot hit it. Yep. So, this is kind of a funny one to end with. Uh, IndyCar, Tim, I think the stars are tanking for a 2024 draft pick. That's the only explanation. <laughs> well, as far as 2023 first round draft picks, um, we don't have one. So, mm-hmm. therefore, tanking makes no sense this year. All right. So, on to Monday night. And uh, I, I mean, is the game plan simplify it and basically forget about game six, get off to a first start, improve on the physicality, the deep four check, create those chances, and put a lot of traffic in front of Grubauer, which I felt as though they finally did in the third period.
2: I I think a lot of it is that way. Um, But the one thing I would alter and bring up is I would say – This is the opportunity to look back at this. It's you don't forget tonight. Like I think this is the opportunity for the stars from the stars, from a leadership perspective. Um, And this is, this would have to come from stars leadership, not from Pete DeBoer. I think this is a perspective, a chance for Jamie Ben and Joe Pavelski to say, look what happened in game six. Look at how we came out. And also, look what happened last year in Calgary when we had game seven, where the only reason that game was close is because Ottinger went all world for us with 54, 55 saves, whatever it was. Like, I think this is one of those where it comes from the stars leadership group that you go and you look at the lack of deliverance in this game and the lack of deliverance from the skaters in game seven last year, where you're like, this is the this is the spot where we change the narrative. This is the spot where we take a step and that's why so that's why i it's not a this one is I think for a lot of other things part of the game that's flush it and move on, but there's also i th- I think that's an important element for this group. I think you need to take the proper motivation from this and bring it into Monday
1: okay, so kind of going to do it, but I did want to end on a happy note, just like we started with a happy note. So happy mother's day to all those moms out there and happy mom's day, even if you don't have kiddos to the pet moms out there. So kudos on that. Or, you know, listen, if you care for something, happy mother's day. So I want to say happy mother's day to mom spittle. Who would take me to games and would be on her feet before me, yelling when fights would break out. (laughs) So, massive stick tap to Mom Spittle, who, by the way, is from England, yet somehow loved the great game of hockey. Um, so it was a family outing when we would go to NHL games. So I remember seeing the Minnesota North stars, in fact, and and uh, I'll never forget watching Bobby Smith on the ice and how big he was. And then, you know, the Bruins got Mike Krucieliski, and he was big too. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And being able to grow up with Raymond Bork has uh, just been, uh, you know, really influenced me as far as the great game. So I say all that to say there's Sean Shapiro with <laughs> – sean shapiro's mom taking him to the rink as a young goalie and then sean shapiro's wife mm-hmm. who deals with sean shapiro the <laughs> hockey genius who has all the podcast, writing books and everything you do so yeah i want to take a moment
2: i will yeah it's uh one of the things one of the great things that i'll always remember is uh if it's with that my mom would do and obviously there's there's so many of the other things about like driving you to the rink and everything like that but um just being uh my mom would always keep a uh, she would count shots she, and so after each game there would be the uh, i would on the ride home she would have a napkin that she got from the snack bar and the pen and she would uh she she would count the shots from the game it was, it was always such a because like you're a kid and no one counts that accurately yeah right and so you're like you, you felt good about it and it was uh and then there would also be little notes about like various ver- about various saves and about how close you were on maybe the one that went in sometimes too <laughs> so it was good that obviously my wife is a My wife Christina is a—it's an amazing mom to our kids and everything like that—and give her a ton of credit for everything she does and uh, uh, is—and really is the rock star that makes us all—all
1: everything makes the world go around. So (laughs) that is awesome. So the Texas Stars have even the series in Milwaukee. Um, So best out of five, it is Mm -hmm. one-one now, and uh, that leads us to the Sean Shapiro book. We win here. Um, which has some terrific stories forward by Curtis McKenzie tells the story of Jack Campbell. And would we have a Jake Ottinger um, if things had worked out differently? So some really cool stories. So um, if your mother's a big hockey fan, that would be a great late last minute gift. Uh, But I will say father's day is right around the corner. Don't forget about the dads right around the corner. So Get yourself a book called We Win Here by Sean Shapiro. It's always great to support him for all he does for us Dallas Stars fans.
2: Appreciate the plug, Gavin. And uh, once again, everyone, uh, we'll we'll be talking Monday after. It's the best thing in sports, Game 7. Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) And this is how much I care about you folks. Tonight the text came in with my tickets. Are we going to the game? And I wrote back, have to do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're wondering, Spitz and Suds fans, I love you all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be cheering, but have to grab that microphone right after um, to be here with Sean, and I wouldn't want it any other way. So that's going to do it, and uh, we hope you can listen to this and get a preview for Game 7, and then we will talk to you after the game. Win or lose, it's Spits and Suds. Please tell all your friends that there's a cool podcast talking Dallas Stars hockey. It's right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great weekend, everybody.